Welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. In this program, Marty discusses waterfowl and upland bird hunting, as well as the clay target shooting sports, with some of the top industry leaders and shooting pros from around the world. If you're just starting out or you've been hunting and shooting for years, we'll have wing and clay target news and information that you can use. Now, here is your host, Marty Fisher. And welcome to another wonderful week of Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. Well, I'm Marty Fisher, and <clears throat> at least I think I am. I, uh, I'll tell you, uh, we're getting toward the end of turkey season. And, and uh, you know, while a turkey is not a, a bird that we shoot flying that we talk about a lot on this show, it does have a wing and therefore, you know, fits the uh, uh, Wing and Clay Nation uh, moniker. So, Boy, what a tough turkey season this has been for me, too. And I, um, you know, I've got to talk about this just for a second because uh, I've got to admit, this has probably been the worst turkey season that I've had. Now, I haven't been able to go as often as I normally do, but, um, you know, nonetheless, uh, you know, 300 acres of my very best turkey ground has been flooded for six months. The Savannah River, it's, uh, you know, down here in southeast Georgia, has been over flood stage since November. And, uh, you know, it's finally just starting to go down and, uh, you know, the season's getting ready to be over. And, uh, you know, it's just been a, all, all around been a tough season. Now, don't get me wrong, I've, I've gotten a couple of birds and I've had a, a bunch of people that looked at me like I had lost my mind when I said it's been a terrible season because, I, you know, I did have some success and, and uh, a lot of folks have not. But, um, you know, <clears throat> turkey hunting is something that I absolutely love and, uh, you know, while we don't talk about it a lot on this show, I'll tell you something, folks. It, it is a disease. If you ever go and you have a big bird gobble at you and looking you in the eye, um, believe me, it's uh, it's something you'll never forget and you'll want to go back and do it. But, you know, I only say that because I hope that my eyes are open today because, um, you know, it, uh, this 3.30, 4 o'clock every morning and getting about four hours sleep at night is um, is starting to wear on this old man. And, um, you know, the good news is we've got a lot of things going on. I've uh, got a lot of gun club design work going on. I, uh, I, I talked uh, in a recent show about a, a course that I'm doing up in, uh, uh, in West Virginia that really literally touches Ohio and Pennsylvania, just, just west of the Pennsylvania or the Pittsburgh International Airport. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a really nice club. I'm doing one for... Uh, the U- University of Tennessee in West Tennessee, we're getting ready to really start cranking on that. And that will actually be at the new uh, Western Tennessee 4-H Youth Education Center that the University of Tennessee oversees. And uh, w- w- But we're putting in a really, really nice public sporting clays course with trap and skeet and five stand and wobble and nice clubhouse and all of those things. You know, it's amazing what uh, $2.5 million will buy for you. You can do a lot. And, uh, and we're going to do that. And uh, was just earlier this week, I was down in the plantation belt of southwest Georgia, uh, laying out a new uh, private clay course for a remarkable old plantation down there. And I'll, uh, <clears throat> I won't go much further than that because it will be private, but uh, I can promise you it'll be a beautiful, beautiful course. You know, and, and speaking about 4-H, you know, kids programs are, there's a lot of that going on. The uh, USA High School Clay Target Shooting League is is well under underway right now, uh, as is the Scholastic Clay Target program, the 4-H program shooting. You know, all of those things are in full swing with the kids. And, you know, we'll have a report 
on the uh, on the SCTP nationals that are coming up here in a few weeks at the Cardinal Shooting Center up in Ohio, just north of Columbus. Um, uh, you know, they're putting in a new uh, shot curtain, you know, behind their trap fields. And, and uh, that's going to be pretty interesting. They've got 52 trap fields, and they're going to have a big, long shot curtain that uh, when you shoot into and you shoot your targets, the uh, the shot will go into this curtain and just fall to the ground where they can actually mine it and pick it up. It's uh, something that'll, that a number of gun clubs, you know, may start going to a little bit. And uh, one thing's for sure, the background is going to be exactly the same for everybody, and that's, that's really a good thing. Um, let's see what else. Oh, the Minnesota State High School Trap Shoot. Uh, that's coming up <clears throat> up in the state of Minnesota. We're going to talk about that a little bit down the road as it's as we get closer to it. But that is the largest clay target event in the world. Uh, more than 8,000 high school kids will be participating in that event over nine days. So it's um, it's um, it's 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 quite a spectacle. Uh, you know, on the on the sporting clay side, you know, we've uh, we've got some things going on. They had a uh, a Trident Cup. They were down here in South Georgia uh, last week, and um, uh, my buddy Rick Hemingway put that together. And uh, it was one of those where they they threw some targets that I think everybody uh, kind of raised an eye, and uh, they figured out that you know shooting these really tough targets is fun, but don't be expecting those hundred straights like we get sometimes. And you know, here in a little bit, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring on my guest for the, for this evening, uh, Mike McAlpine. And Mike and I are gonna talk about target setting. We're gonna talk about how to shoot some of those targets, and you know, and what makes a good target, what makes a good course, you know, all of those things. But you know, and I know I've got Mike standing by, and that's just gonna be here in just a few minutes. And um, you know, we've got the Arkansas State Sporting Clays coming up that. Uh, That'll be here in a, in uh, in just a few weeks, the 24th to the 26th of um, of this month, and uh, it'll be over in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Uh, the Louisiana State is at the end of the month at Covey Rise down in Hustler, Louisiana. I happen to uh, have designed that particular course, and I know it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And the North Carolina State is also. Um, that same time, right at the end of the last day of, uh, or last weekend of May, first part of June, uh, same thing with Oklahoma, that's coming up, and uh, Montana, we're going to get into all of these state shoots <clears throat> here pretty pretty soon, and uh, the North Central Regional will be at Claythorne out in Kansas, uh, that'll be June the 12th through the 16th, so there, you know, a lot of stuff going on, you can check out what's coming, mynsca.com for sporting clays, mynssa.com for skeet and shootata.com for the trap shooting crowd. Uh, it'll, that'll give you all of the information on upcoming events and things that are going on in those dif- different disciplines. Um, <clears throat> before I get moving too much, I am, I'd actually promised a buddy of mine that I was going to promote his book a little bit. I've read it. It's, it's actually exceptionally well written. Uh, Dan Schindler, I had Dan on the on the show, uh, you know, back in January, and uh, you you know, you can go listen to his show uh, by going to the archives, wingandclayradio.com, and go down to episodes on demand, and and uh, you'll find Dan's show in there. But he's got a great book that that he's done. It's his third book. Uh, this is Beyond the Target, uh, book three, and it is really very very comprehensive and. 
uh, you know, Dan did a great job of, of uh, not only researching information, but but putting it in there so that it's understandable for, for folks to read. So uh, check them out at uh, paragonschool.com. I think you'll uh, <clears throat> I think you'll really enjoy that book. All right, what else have we got going on? Well, before we get going too far, I've got to remind everybody that this segment that I'm doing right now is brought to you by my good friends over at the Crushable Vault. You know, I've got to I've got to go up to Charleston, South Carolina tomorrow, and I'm taking three different uh, Blosser demo guns with me, and I'm put, putting them in my Crushable Vault uh, storage case and just throwing it in the back of my truck and locking it in there, and I don't have to worry if I stop at a McDonald's or somewhere and have to go into the restroom. I don't worry about anybody taking any of my stuff. If you haven't seen them, the Crushable Vault. It is a remarkable product that really doesn't look like a gun case. You can put three different gun cases in it. It's totally lockable, totally secure. You can secure it in the bed of your truck. You can put it in the back of your SUV. You can put it in the back seat of your car. And, uh, and no worries. I mean, if, if, if a petty thief doesn't show up with the jaws of life, your gun's not going anywhere. And uh, I can promise you it... Uh, it's the real deal. So do me a favor. Check those guys out at crushablevault.com. And if you like what you see in there, by all means, uh, just when you go to check out and you buy something, there's a little promo box up there that, that will give you a discount. Type in the word Marty, type my name, and you'll get an instant 10% off the price of that. Now, <clears throat> we've got a few minutes before our first break, and I want to I bring on my guest and... I've known this guy a long, long, long time, and I won't say we've been bosom buddies because we, you know, we don't see each other that often. But uh, this guy, you know, really needs no introduction if you're a clay shooter, if you, or if you shoot competitively, or or if you're an instructor or take instruction. But Mike McAlpine from uh, down there around San Angelo, Texas, you know, and uh, I used to love to go to San Angelo because that was my jumping point to go turkey hunting out in in West Texas, and it was always really good. But Mike has been in this game a long, long, long time. In fact, you know, I thought I'd been shooting for a long time, but this guy has been about 43 years as a competitive shooter. I think he started in trap, and then he got into all sorts of things. But like me, when he discovered sporting clay, that was it. That was the way to go. But uh, he's a former NSCA chief instructor. Uh, he's a member of the Texas Sporting Clays Hall of Fame. Uh, he's actually... Uh, set targets at, um, you know, at the Nationals 11 times, but uh, I just want to introduce him, and then we're going to go to break, and then we're going to talk a lot, but Mike McAlpine, welcome to the show, my friend. It's great to have you. Well, thank you for having me, Marty. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Well, I, I got a little long-winded there, Mike, you know, doing all of my little intro stuff, but I'm going to tell you something. We want to we want to talk a little bit <clears throat> about about instruction, we want to talk. I think a lot about uh, about setting targets and things of that nature. Nature, but real quick, if you would um, give me about a minute about Mike McAlpine, and we'll take a break and come back and get into the teeth of what we're going to do. So, tell me about Mike. Well, of course, I grew up as, as a hunter. My dad was a bird hunter and, of course, deer and things like that. But uh, I started shooting clay targets in 1972 here in San Angelo. And uh, uh, the first round of skeet I shot, I broke two out of 25, went over the trap range and broke 21 out of 25. So I became a trap shooter, uh, obviously. 
And I continued on. I actually broke my first 25 straight the next day. So mm-hmm. I found like, I found that, uh, that that was my bag. And I shot a lot of skeet and I enjoyed it. But after so long, you know, things, I wanted something different. We would do all kinds of stuff out at the club to, uh, enhance of our target presentations. And when sporting came along, uh, I read a lot about it. And in 1984, after shooting a trap shoot over in Midland, Texas, one of my buddies asked me if I'd ever shot it. And I said, no, but I'd love to. So he and I went over and, uh, to the, to the club and they had a, uh, kind of a uh, makeshift ring set up, and I broke the first 40 straight, and then the guy told me, he said, well, Mike, you know, this is not trap. You're not supposed to break them all, so I missed five of the next 10, but, but I did well on it, and I became instantly hooked on it, and uh, <clears throat> I, wanted to, I wanted to shoot it every day, but I never thought I would become an instructor. Uh, I took the first NSCA level one school back in 1990 and then the first level two school in 1992, but I was in the level, the level three was 1996 because I had not, wasn't going to be a, a shooting instructor. I had a good business. Yeah. I was in but the second continued school on. and you were in the third. So, <clears throat> Hey Mike, I'll tell you what, hold that thought. Let me take a break real quick, and we're going to come back and pick up right there. But, folks, stay tuned. We'll be back with Mike McAlpine and talk a lot about target setting and shooting right after these messages. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America variety channel looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping want to play the ponies join us every week for winning ponies with john Engelhart, racing's regular guy where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys trainers agents and handicappers in the world of horse racing this show is the perfect complement to the winning ponies handicapping website listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in winning ponies with john Engelhart is live thursdays at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific on the voice america sports network Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned into marty fisher's wing and clay nation if you have a question or comment about the show we're here via email wing and clay radio at gmail.com that's wing and clay radio at gmail.com now let's get back to this week's show 
And welcome back. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, we've got, we have got a really exciting guest here to, to uh, this show. We're going to talk a whole lot about target sets and instruction and all of those things. So, so if you if you shoot clays, you're going to love what we've got to say. If you set clays, you're going to probably even more love what we've got to say here in just just a couple of minutes. But I want to I want to make sure you know that. Uh, the second segment tonight is brought to you by uh, this is this is a new partner on the show, Negrini Cases. Uh, you know, last last show I had uh, Steve Lamboy, uh, who's the president of Negrini Cases here in America, and it, it's hard to 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 imagine uh, having a really nice gun or really any kind of gun and not keep it protected. And Negrini cases are made in Italy, and I'm going to tell you something. They are some of the very finest cases made anywhere in this world, and uh, they come with double wall protection. I mean, it, it 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 looks like it's a plastic case, but in reality, the thing is actually just has the same strength as aluminum. You know, it's a double wall protection. Uh, it's got three TSA approved combo locks on it. Uh, you've got all sorts of models and different finishes, and, and I'm telling you, the finish with the Italian leather and the upholstery and all of that are just absolutely spectacular. So if you've got a gun that you want to make sure you protect, by all means, I want you to go to negrinicases.com and look around in there. They've got a case to fit anything that you've got. I can promise you that. And if you like what you see, and you want to buy a case from these folks, when you go on, go to checkout, uh, there's a little code up there. Type Marty into that little code. And when you do that, if you spent $200 or more on your order, you're going to get a Negrini waterproof shot shell case that will hold 100 shells. Now, this thing is totally key lockable. It's stackable, and it's waterproof. So, you know, you're going to, going to get something that you can actually use. Well, check them out, Negrini Cases. Dot com. All right. Back to Mike McAlpine. Mike, when we were talking just a minute ago, you had, you were talking about, I didn't ever think I was going to be an instructor. <laughs> you know what, buddy? I didn't either. But uh, but you took it to to uh, to another level. You actually wound up becoming the chief instructor for the National Sporting Clays Association. Yeah, that's true, Marty. Uh, in fact, uh, that led into me setting uh uh, the world championships and, uh, four times. And, but, uh, I knew quite a bit about instructing, but the more that I taught, the better that I got, uh, and the more feedback I got, the easier it was to book lessons. But mm-hmm. the instructor program, uh, was put in, uh, in the beginning strictly to keep people in the sport by letting them break a few targets. Uh, the, the level one instructor was never meant to train anybody but new shooters or novice shooters or hunters. Right. And then the level two was, was a little, little bit better. And level three is what you and I are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, I have taught just a, a tons of these schools and I taught a lot of them myself because I enjoyed it. And, uh, but, but the instructor program, uh, has done a lot for the sport and Myers. Uh, with NSCA once told me it was the most important program that they have ever had. Mm-hmm. And, uh, people today don't understand what it was like in the beginning. Cause I was there in the beginning. And, and, and uh, I was too. Uh, and, I'm real uh, proud of what I did. Yeah. You were right. too. You and I first met. You don't remember it. We were at, uh, uh, Abilene, Texas at the big country celebrity shoot. 
And yes, they, they had a, 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 a NRA trap house, uh, uh, place th- throwing uh-huh. tower. And you and I finished with 47 out of 50. And we got up there a couple of days later and had a shoot off. Mm-hmm. I missed the first target out with a 24, and you beat me with a 25. <laughs> well, it was one, I remember it was that one very of those well. lucky days. That's all I can say. But, but yeah, it, you know, what a great event that is, too. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed going to that and, and had a chance to spend a, a good bit of time with my good friend Chuck Yeager, you know, General Yeager. You know, at, at that particular oh, time, yeah. uh, we went to his 75th birthday party and, uh, you know, he's up in his 90s now. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to, to try to get General Yeager on this show if, if he can do it, because, uh, uh, you know, I quail hunted with that guy and I'm going to tell you something. He was, he was remarkable. Uh, when he was 75, they tested his vision. He was still 2015 at 75 years old. And that's just insane. Yeah. General Yeager's like that. He's, he's been yeah. one of my lifetime friends. In fact, he once introduced me as one of his best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure that's true, but I was proud that he did that. And I've also hunted quail with him. And But, you know, that that uh, program introduced me to thousands of people, a lot of them, a lot of them celebrities, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it. And it was something I enjoyed. But, you know, <clears throat> General Yeager was never a clay target shooter as much. No, as, no, but he could he outshoot wasn't. anybody I ever saw on quail. No, he was he was more of a bird hunter. I I, I actually had the, the the pleasure of going to Mexico with him. It was me, Larry Zonka, uh, Georgia uh, head football coach Vince Dooley, and Chuck Yeager. We went down uh, when I was the shooting pro on the Suzuki Great Outdoors back in the early '90s on ESPN, and we went down there and. And uh, and General Yeager was just I mean he's just deadly on quail. I mean he's. <laughs> <laughs> the ducks gave him a little bit of a fit because he's he, a machine. You know, he, he, he's a machine. he is. He is. But uh, but anyway, I, I, yeah, I, I remember that very very well. And uh, and you know, I, like I say, I got lucky and 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 kept my eyes open real hard for that one more target. But uh, but Mike, you know, when when we got into <laughs> we get into the <clears throat> into the teaching part, uh, you know. Uh, and, and I, I do want to talk about the instructor part here a little bit, and we'll talk about course design right after that. But, you know, I, I read a lot of stuff and people asking, you know, what makes a good instructor and, and you know, who do you go to? Do you go to a guy that's a world champion or do you go to a guy that, you know, that's a uh, uh, not a great shot but but has, is known as a good instructor? Or, hey, what, what's your thought on that? I mean, we, you, you've been around a bunch of it. Well, well, you, you know, a good instructor to me is somebody that has absolutely great uh, uh, communication skills. You've got to be able to express yourself to the to the student to get them to understand what you're talking about. Uh, as far as uh, the instructor to go to, I know a lot of great shooters that are great instructors, but I also know a lot of people who are not great shooters that are really good instructors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Wendell, Wendell Cherry is is uh, an old friend of mine, and he's trained lots of champions, Danny Carlisle. Uh, oh, there's a bunch of them, you know, uh, that have really done a good job. But for a, a beginner, uh, a good experienced level one shooter can teach you the basics. Right. Uh, he's not going to get you up to master class, but he's going to get you breaking targets. 
but you got to go to an instructor <clears throat> that you understand. Uh, most instructors teach the way they shoot. I, I changed my way. I teach all methods, even if I don't shoot them, although I do shoot nearly all of them, because mm-hmm. there's, you know, method, it, it depends on the presentation. And being a target center, uh, gives me a better a, a better idea of what I need to do when, when I come on a few different methods. But find you an instructor that you really click with. It doesn't have to be a big name, especially to start out with. But don't shy away from the big guns. Uh, uh, but but get you some background on them and find out if they with people that they've taught if they're successful. The name doesn't mean anything. It's what they can convey to you. Right. Uh, it makes a good instructor. Well, I mean, if you look at, you know, all of the all of the pro golfers have got an instructor. And all of those guys that are teaching them are not great golfers. But they, you know, like true. you say, they, they understand the mechanics. They understand the the styles. They, they can look at a, a, a guy and see what he brings to the table and and help him to start breaking clays because, you know, right out of the box, all the new shooter wants to do is have some success. You know, it's not fun if all they hit is air. That's, that's right. That's right. And, you know, I think sometimes uh, as a target setter, uh, while the target setters have evolved, so have the shooters, but we still have brand you know, new people coming into the game, and they need the opportunity to break some targets. If not, mm-hmm. they'll go and they'll go bowling or something. But uh, my target setters need to remember that. Uh, set for everybody, but set some good stations, too. And, uh, you know, if you're setting a big championship, stiffen it up a little bit. But leave enough there for the people to have fun. That's what keeps the sport going. Well, you know, Mike, and and, and, and you're absolutely right. And I, and, and I completely concur with you that uh, being a target setter, you know, like you are, like I am, actually made me a better instructor because I really do understand, you know, I can look at a target presentation and I pretty much know what that bird's doing. So it's it's really good, you know, it, and, and I tell my students when I'm teaching them, you know, what you need to be concerned with, what is the target doing when you actually shoot at it? You you better know what it's doing then. That's right. And, uh, and, you know, guys That's like exactly you and me, right. you know, guys like you and me, do our best to make shooters see something that's not there. That's that's part of our job is to create that <laughs> illusion for them. That's, I call that setting little traps. Mm-hmm. You know, up there, if you don't read the target line, you're going to have trouble. If you can read the target line, it's nothing to it. I once I once uh, set targets at the at the the world all round shotgunning championships a couple times. And I said nothing over 35 yards except for one 50-yard bat, too. And George Digweed couldn't even break its first two shots. Uh, the target was coming down the hill, and I'd put a limit up simply because I wanted them to shoot it right there. Right. And the target came down, and just as they shot, it fell into a little, a little uh, drop about six inches, and they shoot over it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you read the target all the way through the flight, you, you, it'll be a lot easier for you as a shooter to break it. That, well, without question, and I, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I've seen so many little quirky, quirky things, and and sometimes you want you set a great target and you didn't mean to. H- have you ever done that? Uh, no, I, I, I guess I probably have. You know, I've been sitting so long, I can't, I can't tell you everything I've done. But well, I mean, I remember one that I that that I set. It had a little drop in a hill, and. 
you know, I mean, I, I, I wanted the target to be kind of a little straightforward and, and not anything terrible, didn't have any real spring on it, but it's going along. And, and because it had that little dip in that, that, that terrain, right when that target got to that spot, it started to go down and the shooters couldn't see the drop. And so many of them shot over the top oh, of yeah. that thing. It was just crazy. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, I missed I miss yeah, that kind of, that what kind you, of stuff. I mean, you know, you, you know some, sometimes, exactly right. sometimes you get a target. Playing with the line is line. secret. But I, I know. Playing um, with the line you know, is secret. We're getting ready to come up on another break here. And we come back, Mike. <clears throat> what I'm going to want to do is I'm going to really want to get into <clears throat> some, some target setting. What makes a great target? When you when you go find a piece of property, what do you look for? When you you know if if you're doing a, a a design from scratch or if you're going to a gun club, what are the things that you look for uh, to 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 set a, a hundred targets that is going to be the right mix? You know because there's a real fine line between too hard and too easy, and we're going to talk about that right after these messages, folks. Stay tuned. Wing and Clay Nation will be right back with Mike McAlpine. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside the minds of the players and coaches? We talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college sports. We'll review and preview this week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email. Wing and Clay Radio at gmail.com. That's Wing and Clay Radio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. Hey, and back we are, and uh, by all means, <clears throat> you know, send me send me an email. Let me know if you like the show. 
uh, give me some suggestions, you know, things like that. I'm happy to happy to have those. And by all means, uh, check us out, wingandclayradio.com. And uh, go like us and share us on Facebook at facebook.com slash wingandclayradio. Uh, we want to we build that up. Uh, we're going to start putting a bunch of videos on there. I've got uh, <clears throat> a new YouTube channel that I'm doing on the website. So uh, we've got a whole bunch of interactive stuff coming and uh, would love to have you, the listener, on board. Now, let's get back to my buddy Mike McAlpine. Mike, you know, we were talking a little while ago about, about target setting. And, you know, you, you are really very, very well known as a great target setter. In fact, you even uh, for a, a, a good long while uh, have had uh, uh, Mike McAlpine, uh, you know, you, you can tell me the actual name of it, your target target setting school. So tell me a little bit about that and how it evolved and, and a little bit about that program. Well, the target setting school came about uh, through my, my shooting schools. Uh, everybody was wanting to know about target setting and what target setters do to create a little deceptive look or, or to fool you. And so I kept getting so many questions. I decided that we needed to have a target uh, target setting school because, you know, I started in 1986 and I didn't have anybody to go by. You know, I learned everything in the beginning through myself and, and then I would watch other shooters, but the target setting school has been good. Uh, uh, I feel like that I've, I've helped a lot of people set better targets by giving them some guidelines and, and you know, to, to set a good course, the first thing that you look at, uh, other than the, the train, before, first thing you look at is, uh, the, where the shot's going to drop and where the sun's going to be. And if you have shady or sunny, uh, spots, that you're going to throw a target through the sun, the shade, the sun, the shade. That creates a strobing effect and you don't want to do that. It makes it a little bit hard, mm-hmm. but the, the uh, setting of targets is, is, is very, very good to help anybody understand uh, how to shoot a target. You know, uh, when I walk, I'm like you, when I walk up to the station, I look at it, I instantly know what I'm going to set. And, uh, you know, I have an idea. I have to think it out. I have to look at all the, all the, the parameters that are going to come in effect, you know, no sunshots. Uh, nothing, no shot drop shots. Uh, uh, don't shoot right square into the trees. Some of our, our trees down here will bounce back. So mm-hmm. you want to make that safe. But when you get into the presentation itself, I try to change it and do something that nobody's done. Now, it's really hard to do today. But being creative and not afraid to try anything. Mm-hmm. But it's the best thing to do is take your shotgun and shoot those targets yourself <clears throat> and see if you've made a mistake. That right. helps me more than anything else when I set a course. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and one of the things that, but also, <clears throat> one of the things that I don't think some people do when they set targets, Mike, and I and I and I say that because you know I've 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 shot some of them, and you know, and I'm wondering what the heck was this guy thinking when he did this? You know, you've got to as a target setter, not only do you shoot it right-handed, you better turn, you better pretend that you shot it left-handed too, because uh, you know it's got to be fair for everybody. Uh, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. You got to make sure your cages are tall enough for tall people, and the center bar is low enough for the for the shorter people. You know, mm-hmm. but but you're 100 percent right. I've seen people. I've seen setters set targets and they favor the right handed and you try to uh, have a left hander to shoot, and they bang the side of the cage. 
So the skate's position or the stand, the position of it's got to be perfect. And, you know, that's these are all nuts and bolts of setting a good course. One of the big things that I preach is target is target color. Uh, most most shooters just get out there and throw target, or not shooters, uh, setters, uh, in the beginning. But mm-hmm. I had the pleasure of working with, uh, talking with Bob Brister, who in my mind is the guru of shotgunning in the United States, at least in the last generation or two. And Bob really, really questioned me about target color and background. And I learned that, the, that to set the right color, you need to find the color that creates maximum contrast with that background. And, uh, you know, there's, there, you know, we have a lot of targets. Normally, I like to throw all black targets in the air, but mm-hmm. if you throw it with a dome and it's tilted, you get a sun, you get a little sun glare off of it, it'll disappear. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're throwing a target like that, you need to throw it on a dome target instead. And then mm-hmm. if you're throwing a target that stays below the horizon all the time, it should be solid. Orange, uh, you know, is, is probably the best color for where I live. But I pushed real hard for the pink targets because they don't throw. Uh, you don't throw those in the sky, though. And right. then if you're throwing a target that goes below the horizon, above the horizon, you want to use an orange dome target. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way you see the contrast of the orange going up behind the background. And when it comes out, you see the black. And, right. and these are little little things that will make you a better target setter and you won't get in trouble with some shooter. Well, I see things, for <clears> instance, <throat> a lot of times if you throw an orange dome target, okay, if you, th- uh-huh. you, you it, it, it out in the open sky, it's going to look like a, it's going to look like a 90. If you throw it in the woods, right. you're, it's really going to look like a 90, if not less than that, because, you know, that black in the woods is almost impossible to see, you know, just as is throwing a black target in the woods of any kind or turning the target up on its edge so you're seeing the bottom black uh, against a green background. You, your shooters can't see that. And I, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know why folks do that from time to time, but, you know, that's really a no-no in my book. You're, you're 100% right. You know, that's one thing that I, I have drilled into myself is make sure that target is visible at all times of the day. When I set a course, I continue to go around and look at the course. For I like to go a couple of days and be, just go around and look at the different times of the day and see where the sun is and see that it's, it's shootable. Uh, you know, uh, years ago, 1996, uh, I was at the U.S. Open out of River Road out, out in Gonzales, California, and Bruce Barsotti had set two machines. He was the club owner. And puts, uh, put them on pallets and it sets center blocks on. Them. And yeah. those things would loop. And I looked at them and I kept hearing people complain about them. In my mind, I've been setting targets 10 years for them. I thought it was a whole new dimension in target setting. So I went home and I, we had about 60 machines at the club then. And I put pallets under each one of them and bought a pallet of center blocks and I started playing with it. And I had so much fun that when I set my nationals, once I've set, I've set 11 nationals over the year, and uh, they had to get a pallet of, of center blocks for me because I set targets different than anybody in those years. Sure. And a lot, most people didn't like them because mm-hmm. they couldn't hit them. They didn't ever see anything like it. But I well, invented a multi-angle base that you could tilt the machine in 1996, and mm-hmm. I put it on a trailer, and... Back in those times, the machines didn't tilt left to right. right. And this thing was called the attitude adjuster. 
And that changed for me forever to being able to set different presentations. And, and I was always proud that I did that. Today, every manufacturer in the world of, of trap machines has a stilting base on it. Right. Well, you know, back back early, in, before 96, you know, back in the early 90s, back, you know, in the late 80s, uh, you know, sporting clays was, you know, for the most part, it was how fast can we crank up the spring and how how far can we throw the target? And that was that was how club owners de- determined whether a guy could, could win or lose. Well, that's right. Yeah, you know, and, 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 and by doing that, you killed – you killed your weak shooter. I set the uh, the first world I set. Uh, I was hired by NSCA to set uh, an, an, an American style target setter, and then Willie Thatcher came in from England. So we had mm-hmm. a good variety. Well, my my degree of difficulty from from NSCA was to keep the scores between ninety four and ninety five for high, unless somebody got hot, uh, and they didn't say anything about the other shooters. Well, when I went and looked at the scores, I hit. John Kruger broke a 95 on my course, and George Digwick broke a 94. So I did that good. But when mm-hmm. I looked at the scoreboard, I killed the weak people. And I'll tell you what, Marty, most people don't know this, but it made me feel so bad I had to go out behind the building and throw up. It, it was bothering me that much. And from then on, I learned to set the targets reasonable but tricky or, or fun with a hard one in there. And I set them for everybody, and I haven't had a complaint uh, over the last 10 years that mounted to anything. And uh, But you're right. All, all we could do back in those days was try to throw them hard and beat the shooter. It's mm-hmm. never my, my, my intent to beat the shooter. It's my intent as the target setter is to test their shooting ability, not their luck and not their vision. And I think that's, I think that's real important for our target setters to understand. I know the shooters understand it. And, uh, well, we sure and, and a big, you know, and a big part, Mike, is you know, uh, show me that as, as a shooter, show me that you can move the gun. You know, I mean, you know, we're going to put a target high, then we're going to put a target under under the under the gun barrel and things like that, where you know, guys have to actually move the gun up, down, left, and right between targets, and those targets don't have to be exceptionally hard by any stretch of the imagination. But that shooter oh, no. has to be perfect in his mechanics and his visual pickups and all of that stuff. And when and when that's the case, you, the target setter, didn't beat the shooter. The shooter failed on his own if he if he was not successful. Yes. So, you know, I, I I totally concur with uh, with that. And you know, not like you. I mean, you set more than I have. I've set many many thousands of them. And you know, it's. Um, it, it's a lot of fun when when those guys come back. You know, good shooters especially will look literally in the eye and say, "You fooled me with that," and it wasn't that hard. Well, that's that's what you look for. I don't want them to come out and say, "Mike McAlpine beat me up." I want them to come off there and go, "I don't know why I couldn't hit that," and mm-hmm. put the blame on, on themselves because normally that's where it's at. Now, if if they set a target that you know short windows are terrible. Right. Now, I learned how to shoot sharp windows uh, simply because I would go to shoots and people would, would come up and have a sharp window set. And I learned that if I started way in front of it and let the target come come into the barrel a little bit more, it was a snap. But right. most people don't know how to do that. Now, mm-hmm. you know, that's one thing I teach in my schools. I teach all the methods. But, you know, well, you, hey, uh, a good target setter can play. Go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, we, we're, we're up on a break right now, and I want to pick up on that when we come back. Just a bad thing about live radio, you know, Mike, sometimes we just have to take a break whether we want to or not. But when we come back, we're going to talk about some of those little quirky things uh, in our last segment. And uh, uh, I think folks are going to get an, an awful lot of good information here over the next few minutes. Folks, stay tuned. We'll be back with Mike McAlpine on Winging Clay Nation right after these messages. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email. Wingandclayradio at gmail.com That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com now, let's get back to this week's show. And welcome back. And I'm here with Mike McAlpine, and we are talking target setting, the, the, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, the goods, the bads, all of those kind of things. But, hey, before I go back to Mike, I want to remind everybody, uh, if for some reason you don't have a chance to listen to all the shows live, and most people actually, uh, you know, wind up going on the internet sometimes to listen to shows again. Uh, all of these shows can be found on iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Uh, just go to those sites. If one of those is your favorite site, <clears throat> just just type in Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation, and every show that we've done will pop up right there, and you can listen at your leisure. So back to Mike McAlpine and Mike, you know, we were, you know, we've been talking about a lot of stuff. We're talking about those short, short windows and, and all of that. I mean, um, talk a little bit about some, you know, some of the, some of the quirky targets that, uh, 
that, that, that you've been able to set that people came to you and really told you that that was really cool. I haven't seen that before. Can you think of any in, in mind? Yeah, I, I have one. It just, just popped into my mind when you said quirky targets. This was a New Mexico State shoot years ago, and I had an old aqueduct that came from a, a, a an abandoned irrigation system. And I got down there and took a grubbing hoe, and I cleaned it all out where I could throw the target. <clears throat> and I ran and put a mat and ran a rabbit down that thing for about 40 yards, but I made it bounce up above it just a little bit where you just get a glimpse of it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it hit a mat and went straight up like a teal. And everybody's <laughs> looked at that. I never saw that before. And uh, it, it was one of the better targets. And then I had a big incoming looper that, that came in with it. It was far easier because mm-hmm. you got to see it the whole time. But th- that rolling rabbit turned into a teal. And I just threw it into a mat, and it went straight up. You know, well, uh, and, that, you that, know that's one of the, the best that I've said. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you know, when you do that, a couple of things. That target's not going to have a lot of spin on it when it when it comes off there and goes up there. And, and I don't know if a lot of a lot of people may not know this, but a target explodes because it's spinning fast. When you throw a target that doesn't have Absolutely. much spin, what happens, Mike? It doesn't break very hard, does it? Shoots holes in it. it won't come yeah. apart. Yeah, you know, that's exactly what happens to it. I I've thrown I threw a, a slow rabbit at at the uh, over at Nemecolin one time at the Hardy uh, tournament they have over there, and uh, the manager said, "Yeah, that's good." And I said, "No, it's too slow. It won't come apart." And he said, "No, I want to throw it." So I threw it. It was a fifty-yard rabbit, but it was easy to see. And I bet you it wasn't twenty targets broke, and every one of them had holes in them that they hit, and, and, and it was a bad target. If you if you you got to put some spin on your targets. That's why a gravity rabbit becomes so hard to break sometimes mm-hmm. because there's no spin on it. And right. you know, I used to wax the rail on a trap machine during a fun shoot where the target wouldn't spin, and they'd shoot it and, and they couldn't break it. And they couldn't figure out why. But there's well, all kinds uh, of little things that, that you can a do. A lot like of times that. they'll break it and they darn near centered it, but it only breaks into three pieces. And right away the shooter's thinking, "Well, more, I That's almost missed that. I got to do something different." And and really they don't. It's the nature of the target right. and, and, and no spin that causes that that funky break. That's that's a hundred percent right. You know, uh, I'll tell you one target that I set run time uh, during a super. I, I created the Super School Team USA Super School back in '97, mm-hmm. and I wanted to, I wanted to uh, for people, the shooters and the instructors that I had there, to learn something. And I threw a long cross, not a long crosser, a thirty yard crosser uh, that was had a real fast spring. And Bobby Fowler, my good friend Bobby Fowler, hell of a coach, one of the best shooters in the world, gets up there, and I'd ask him to shoot this. And he got up there, and he couldn't hit it. I mean, no matter what he did, he couldn't hit it. Now, this guy just won the Nationals, and he's won three times. And so I finally said, he said, Mike, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I said, Bobby, don't worry about it. It's got something on it that you're not reading. And so he said, well, you shoot it. I said, well, I don't know what he's doing. So he said, shoot it. So I got up there, and I broke, I think, eight or ten straight, whatever I shot. He said, I don't know how you did that. And I said, come out here. Y'all all come out and look. And I had put a a line level, uh, you know, on a piece of strings, and mm-hmm. I threw that target, and I had people to stand back, and it showed that it was perfectly level, and that target dropped three feet in 20 yards, but it was flowing the contour, the contour of the ground. 
So right. the right way to shoot that, if you can't read the line, is shoot an intercept move, which is mm-hmm. normally from behind and up to the lead as an angle, and you will always find the line at the break point. And uh, that, that's target setting, and that's different ways to break the target. I showed Bobby that. He couldn't miss it. So uh, not that I'm so smart, but I knew what the target was doing, and it made a big difference in people breaking it. Well, I've, I've always said the, the, you know, the greatest ally that a target setter has is terrain. I mean, you you, you show me a piece of ground that's got some up and down to it, and you can do some magical stuff. You know, the the greatest train that I ever that I ever threw or set on was Elk Creek over in Kentucky, mm-hmm. and uh, the Boomer Sison shoot was there, and the U.S. Open was there, and we could do. In fact, I I, I was asked by uh, the owner uh, that what I thought about setting targets. That I said a, a, a monkey, you know, a little monkey could figure out a, a presentation here uh, because it it just dictates to you what you should set. And, and and it's just absolutely a pleasure to shoot with good terrain. Now, remember, I come from a flatland in San mm-hmm. Angelo. It's mostly flat. And it's mostly mesquite and oak trees and pine and, you know, things like that. But so that really made me a better target setter as far as presentation. I had to be more creative. I set targets 20-something years at the club, and people would always come in. So I don't know how you come up with all those ideas. I said, well, I try to do something different. And for a target center, try things out. Uh, don't worry about it not working. You, if you go shoot it, you'll find out whether it's a good presentation. Oh, and yeah. uh, as a shooter, if you can't read the line, shoot intercept and come up from under it. You will never, you know, I'm going to say you never, but you're, you're more likely to hit it that way than trying to shoot another method. Because if you can't read that line, you don't know what how to shoot it. Well, I, I find that a lot of shooters, you know, the targets, it, at some point, it's going to start going down, okay? I mean, that's just gravity's going to get that's it. It's right. going to slow down, and you just got to know when that is. And targets that you throw under your feet sometimes, you can't read when that target's going down. <laughs> and that, that's, why, yeah. that's why I love terrain. When I, when I get a, a good terrain place, I mean, it's just a lot of fun because you throw the easiest looking target in the world and they just keep whiffing it and, and, and they don't understand why. And, you know, and, you know, and, and that's fun in target setting. And, and like I say, I always tell my shooters, you know, when they come up, if they complain about a station, I said, tell me what's wrong with it. And he said, well, I couldn't hit it. And I said, well, I don't think that's my, my fault. I think what you're doing is not reading the line. So, and I, like I say, targets start out and they have the power of the spring, and mm-hmm. they go so far, and then they have the power of gravity. So you have to find that break point where it starts down, just like you're saying. But you know, if if you learn how to shoot those, like dropping targets, uh, that's the one I missed over in Abilene. It was a dropping mm-hmm. target that you beat me on. <laughs> and I went, at, I went over and I practiced that, and I got where I could break them things, you know. And, uh, it, you know, uh, Sean Dale, I love a Sean Dale, but it was the hardest target for me to learn how to shoot. But, uh, you know, I've thrown rabbits, and a lot of other people have. I've thrown rabbits off of a standard machine, and they'll look like a bat, too. They'll come out. And they'll roll. Yep. Hey, but Mike, they'll roll flat. I, I didn't, even, and I they didn't drop. even notice. Yes, We're just about out of time, buddy. I, I, and I hate to do this to you, but okay. tell us how can people get in touch with you and make it quick? I mean, we, we got surprised on the time here. Okay. How can I get in touch with you? All you got to do is email me at mmc 
at AOL.com. MM C nine oh two four. Don't forget that. No, I'm sorry, nine oh two four. I knew I forgot yep. some. MMC nine oh two four. Mike McAlpine, thank you so much for being on the show, buddy. We you know, you've been a blast. And uh, folks, I hope you learned something. We'll see you next time. Shoot straight and be safe. Thank you for listening to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. Please join Marty again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week's show, think safety first and good shooting.